Yo, what's up and welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast. This is episode 16, a lone episode, which I'm super excited for. Today we're going to talk about my top five Christmas songs. And yes, Mariah Carey is on there, of course. Also, I'm going to talk about college and why I think it's ridiculous. Also, why I think adulting and that whole term of adulting is an absolute myth and we should stop celebrating that because it's awful. And then uh, uh, a lengthy discussion on ministry anxiety. Basically, I'm going to talk about comparing ourselves in ministry and uh, why why we shouldn't and why we can't and why everyone that we compare ourselves is doing the work of the kingdom, but for some reason we want them to do less. So I'm going to be talking about that because I know I have that and I know that some other people can relate to that as well. So that's what we'll talk about. Hope you enjoy the episode. Again, welcome back. Hey, I just want to let you know that keep sharing my podcast, keep letting people know about it. Every click that I get supports my podcast. Uh, I have ad reads on here, so there'll be a break in the middle. We'll start adding that in. But every every single part that a click or a share or a review helps me in any way because I love doing this. I love sharing it. I love making it. And I think it's beneficial to young leaders. Like I have leaders that are hitting me up and texting me, which is so encouraging for a young dude that just wanted to do something in this world and and in this in in my ministry and for my ministry and kind of make another ministry which is podcasting so it's been a lot of fun to do so yes i encourage you and i thank you so much for just supporting me supporting me in this podcast and supporting me in this work so thank you so much so top five christmas songs top five christmas songs. like what like what are they so i i don't really have they're not the, a lot, they're not cla- there's some classic ones there's some new ones there's some there, there might be some where you're like what why is that on his list but these are my top five Christmas songs so number coming in at number five of course is a mistletoe by Justin Bieber I can remember actually hearing this song for the first time I was probably when did the song come out like six years ago so I was tw- I was 14 12 and I was in middle school and I already loved Justin Bieber Right, black dude from Lakewood, uh, loved Justin Bieber. Yes, I loved Justin Bieber because he was on that song with Jane Smith for the Karate Kid. But I love Justin Bieber, and he came out with Mistletoe, and just know that that song was on repeat again and again and again. I played that song so much that my parents would get mad and say, "Yo, like you need to uh, change the song. We're tired of hearing Justin Bieber Mistletoe." But it is a banger. So. That is my number five. Coming at number four is Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming to town. Now, this is why I loved this song. The reason I love Santa Claus is coming to town so much is because I can remember when I believed in Santa. And if you are under the age of whatever, 10, and you don't, you still believe in Santa, I'm sorry because I, uh, I ruined that for you. But I can remember laying in my bed and closing my eyes and singing the song again. And again and again until I fell asleep because I was scared that if I didn't fall asleep, I wasn't going to get gifts in the morning. Also, let it be understood, I got one gift at Christmas. Like it wasn't like a big thing, but that one gift was everything for Christmas. A- absolutely everything. 
And I believed in Santa probably a little bit later than you should. I still believed in Santa about fourth, fifth grade. Don't judge me. I need someone to believe in, right? Man, dropping off gifts and is there. Like, come on. That's filthy. So I loved Santa Claus. And that's why I love that song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And when it comes on, I get the emotion. I feel the thoughts. Like all of that comes back. It almost comes rushing back. And I love it. So Santa Claus is Coming to Town is my top, is on my top list. And if, you, if you're judging me, I don't care. I love the song. So don't hate me. Uh, next is All I Want for Christmas is You. Coming at the number third spot. Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. Uh, I think that's what it's called, but also All I Want for Christmas is You. Why? Because her voice is angelic. Absolutely angelic. It is beautiful. And I don't get how one person could have such an amazing voice. Like, it is gorgeous, right? So I love All I Want for Christmas is You. Why? Because it was also one of the first Christmas songs that for me that I heard where a brown person was singing the song. And I was like, hey, Let's go. So I love that song, All I Want for Christmas Zoo. And I think that's on like everyone's top 10. Like top 10 Christmas songs has to be Mariah Carey. Like Mariah Carey's on there. No matter what of what song it is from her Christmas album, Mariah Carey is on that list. And she's on my list. I love me some Mariah Carey singing. Except that one time when she lip synced and it was bad and she can't sing. But she can sing. She has a beautiful voice. Coming in at number two, Gloria Un Exclesis. I don't know how to say it. Un Exclesis. Un Ex Un, un Exclesis Deo. Uh, I love that song. <laughs> I can't believe I just sang. But right, I love that song. Why? Because it, oh, I don't know what it means. I didn't even Google the meaning because I'm not going to. Actually, we're going to look up the meaning right now. What does Gloria on Exclesis Deo mean? We are going to find out. Sorry, you can hear my uh, clicking in the back. Let's find this out. La, la, la. This is bad podcasting. Um, so the song means glory to God in the highest. Yes, so glory to God in the highest. Come on. Uh, so shout out to that because I love that song. And I think it honestly is true. Like glory to God in the highest. God is the greatest. God is the realest. God is the truest. God is the one. Uh, and I love that song. Sorry that I was out here not having my notes ready. But that, again, is one of my favorite songs because it to me it captures the meaning of Christmas. Like glory to God. Like he came on Christmas and he... He he showed us love on Christmas and he was born for us. Like I know, I know we always talk about the death and the resurrection, but during this Christmas season, like I love talking about like the wonderful Christmas time, like the idea of having a wonderful, um, wonderful Christmas time. I'm sorry, like a beautiful Christmas time. And I got my second one mixed with my first one. Coming in at number one is Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. I don't care what no one says. When that song comes on, everyone needs to stop talking. Shh, your mouth. We got to listen to Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. What a beautiful song. Sun is up. Spirit's high. And that's what's up. Hey. Okay, that's a banger. I love that song um, simply because, <laughs> because I heard it at a Christmas party. And to me, like it was one of, the, again, one of the first Christmas songs that had like a beat. Like, 
I was like, ooh, I can kind of rock with this. So I really did ride with it. I rocked with it. And it's a great song. Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney is my number one Christmas holiday song. I love it. It's great. It is fantastic. So that's my list. What is your list? What is your top five? What is your favorite? What is going on? I did get some, uh, I did get some responses on my top five holiday foods. And I just, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I said this. I forgot mac and cheese. That was on everybody's list. It said mama's mac and cheese. Shout out to my boy Dom, who I'm hoping to have on next week. And he, of course, mac, mama's mac and cheese. Like, of course, if you grow up in a colored person home, I think I think it's safe to say this, especially a black home, mac and cheese is, is a menu item. It could be a wedding and someone's bringing mac and cheese. It could be a catered wedding that you already have the food for and someone is going to bring mac and cheese to that to that wedding. Why? Because mama's mac and cheese with the little extra cheese on it. Oh, I love it. I know that my arteries are getting clogged as I eat it, but it is so good. So I apologize. I deeply apologize for forgetting mama's mac and cheese. You can't forget mama's mac and cheese. So yeah, again, I, I am deeply sorry, deeply sorry for forgetting that. But of course, of course, we love holiday foods. We love Christmas music. We love Christmas songs. I'm a guy that as soon as November 1st happens, Christmas music is bumping. It is playing. It is happening. It is going on. Why? I I just love it. Like, I know this, that's not weird. Like, I love Christmas music, like I just love the idea of having it on. So maybe you're a hater and you like have to wait till after Thanksgiving, but I celebrate my God year round or November 1st to December, you know, December 25th. And then I keep celebrating my Lord. I ain't going to put restrictions on him and just celebrate this beautiful music that he has bestowed upon us called Christmas music. I ain't going to wait. It's going to play as soon as possible. So don't be a Grinch. I have a friend. He uh, he posted, he goes, you know, top favorite Christmas songs of all time, which made me think of this. And Homeboy goes, <laughs> Homeboy goes, all Christmas music is trash. And I was like, Grinch, like, why are you a hater? Like, how do you hate Christmas music? Like, to me, that's also the person that hates Christmas trees. Like, how do you hate a Christmas tree, bro? Like, it's a tree that we decorate with lights. How can you be mad at a tree? But as I digress, like people do get mad at trees. People do get mad at Christmas. Some people like genuinely hate Christmas. I don't get it. I love it. It's my favorite. So enjoy, enjoy Christmas music while you can before people start hating and saying, how could you listen to Christmas music? How could you listen to Christmas music? You look in the eye and you say, I don't put restrictions on my Lord. I'll celebrate my Lord all the time because God is good all the time. So those are the top five Christmas songs. Those are my top five holiday foods. I forgot mama's mac and cheese, but that's okay. Now, I want to talk about college. I just finished my finals. I'm in my junior year, finished my finals in my fall quarter, um, fall, winter quarter kind of, I guess. And no, fall quarter because in winter quarter and then spring. Okay. So my fall quarter and it was cool. Like I took Bible classes. I loved them, especially my second half. I took the Jesus and the Synoptic Gospels, and I took um, 
I took like a theology course on Jesus basically. And it was so good. Like I got so much information from that and I'm going to keep these books. Four Portraits, One Jesus, Four Portraits of One Jesus by Mark L. Strauss is a fantastic textbook. One of my favorite textbooks ever. So go ahead and check not go ahead and check that out. Like, hey, this is an ad read for uh, my textbook. No, but it is a great book. And if you're looking for a book to like kind of put the four gospels in the frame and the picture for you, that is a great book to check out. But I want to talk about three things about college. First is finals. Okay. So if everything I'm studying, if everything I'm studying is going to come down to one paper, one quiz, just one thing. Why don't we just learn, 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 and then at the end of the semester, the quarter, we then take the quiz. I'm tired of taking all these meaningless quizzes of information that I don't need to know, and then the quiz is about something completely different. And this is, again, this is for my young leaders, my college or my people that have been to college. Like, this is annoying. Finals finals should say, okay, this is a wrapping up of everything you've learned. But what I have noticed in my classes is that it's wrapping up everything I learned, but a lot of what I learned, not a lot of it, but a little bit of what I learned had nothing to do with, with what was on the test, with what was on the quiz, what with what was on any of it. So finals finals are not from God. They're not even, I know it sounds crazy, but the finals that are about God, those are from God because they're about God, but God did not ordain finals. I don't think he did. Um, I don't think that's in Jesus's word. So we need to watch out for start being heretics. I'm just playing. But I do not think finals are good at all. I hate them, but I'll do them because I got to get, I still got to get my degree. Um, this leads me to another thing, uh, getting my degree. Procrastination. It's a thing. It happens. It's real. Like, this is what I do when I procrastinate. So I go, okay, I'm going to start. So say it's 2.30, right? I always have to have time like to wind down, especially if I'm coming from something. So I'll say, all right, I'm going to leave or I'm going to go do this thing. And then at 3 o'clock, I'm going to start my paper. No matter what, I'm going to start my paper. 301 rolls around. Man, I was really, you know, 305, I'll get started that paper. Four. You, no, 430. 430, I'm going to get started. I have six hours. No, that's, that's what I'm going to do. 530 rolls around. Seven. And then before I know it, I'm playing Assassin's Creed on the Xbox, and I didn't get a piece of my paper done. A lot of you have different ways that you procrastinate, but we all procrastinate. Procrastinating is an art, though. See, not everyone can procrastinate because you have to be disciplined enough to know that, yes, I'm going to procrastinate, but this has to get done still, right? Because bad procrastinators, they procrastinate and then they don't get things done. But good procrastinators, they procrastinate and they get things done at a high level. People, people hate that about me. Uh, I took this 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 quiz online. And it calls me the buzzer beater, and basically, what I essentially what I do is that I will go online. I'll not go online. Like I'll go online to take my quizzes, to take my uh, tests, my whatever I'm taking, and I'll get it done. 
and it'll be due Monday. It'll be due Monday, and I'll do it. I'll do it Sunday night, you know, eleven or like Monday night, eleven fifty six. Get it done. Get an A. And people are like, "Well, you should still get things done on time." No, my grade's not going down just because I got it done sooner. And then what happen? What happens to me is that now that I get all these things done sooner, I feel like I have nothing to do in the actual week, and it's pretty. It doesn't feel good, right? So, like, I like being busy. I like doing things. So, for procrastination for me is a true art form. Uh, I do it because uh, I'm called to it non flame. But, like, the reason that I procrastinate or that I believe people procrastinate is because they're good at it. If you're good at it, you get things done at a high level. But if you're bad at it, you're like, no, I still procrastinate and I still don't get things done. So, I don't know. Y'all be tripping because I, I get my things done and they get done at a high level. And I had a paper that was due at 11.55 last night and I got it done at 11.47. No, I got it done at 11.30, edited it for 17 minutes. Trust me, I'm sure there's spelling errors, there's grammatical errors, there's there's probably something that's not even biblical in there. But y'all, I'm going to get me at least a B plus or A on that paper because your boy knows how to procrastinate. Now, to my next topic of papers. Papers are trash. That's, I mean, what? Okay, some people, this this is what DJ was talking about, right? Some people are so good with words, right? Some people can make it sound eloquent, elegant, uh, make it sound beautiful. And like, I can't do that. Like, I'll type and I'll go, well, Jesus and, um, well, he did, um, and then he, um, and then he, that, that's how I type. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not good with typing. Like, I believe I'm a good speaker and that I can speak well, but when you put my words and you have to put them on a screen, I type how I speak. So I, I add my little, like, my Nate-isms, if you want to say it. Like, so, you know, I like to say, what's up, dog? Like, I literally put, Jesus was my dog. Because that's how I would say it to youth, like to people that are in youth. And that's how I typed it in a paper. And I had to go back, <laughs> I had to go back and change it because my professor was like, hey, um, you can't put Jesus is your dog in your paper. And I was like, why not? Because he is, right? Like Jesus is who he is to all of us. Don't make me preach. But like I I I procrastinated and <laughs> I procrastinated, first of all. And then I didn't want to do the paper because why should I have to type something if I could send you a video of me saying what I was going to type? It would take 10 minutes and it would be done. And you'd go, wow, Nate knows what he's talking about. Why do I got to type a paper? Now, all the teachers are going to hear this and be like, that's not true. Papers are needed. Papers are, you, you couldn't do it without writing papers. And all I'm saying is, I believe I could. I believe papers are terrible. They do nothing for me. And I, and I don't feel like I gain knowledge from writing a paper, right? Like, I don't feel like I really gain anything. I don't feel like I'm either saying what I'm learning. Because honestly, what I do, right, is I'll go get my sources. I'll go get all these things. And then, like, I'll type it. And I'm like, I just regurgitated kind of what the book says, kind of put it in my own words. And then, like, you know... We worded what summarize, paraphrase what the what what the sources say, and here's my paper. It ain't me. 
it just says my name on it. I didn't plagiarize, but you know what I mean? Like I'm not plagiarizing, but like I don't feel like it's me learning. I feel like for me to show how the way I'm learning is to me, me for me to speak it. Like small groups and Bible, Bible groups, that's why I love those because like I get to speak it, I get to share it, and I and I get to share it out unto the world. So college to me is terrible. Uh, but look at me talking about like a first world problem. Like I'm saying college is bad and there's some people who don't get the opportunity to go to college. So for me, college has been awful. And if you have been to college, you understand that. And I understand that some people are like, nay, you are speaking from a privileged place in America. And I am. I, I I'll be honest and say that I am. But college, college is hard sometimes. Uh, so next we're going to talk about adulting. Like... <laughs> What is like that term adulting basically means like you are becoming an adult or doing adult-ish things. I'm gonna give you three terrible negatives, terrible, terrible negatives, three negatives of adulting. The first one is Christmas time is awful. I love Jesus, I love my family, but yo, why does it seem like every year there's another person? I got to buy a gift for. Like, why can't my list stay the same and stay normal, right? Like, I buy gifts for my family and uh, my girlfriend's family. And I love doing it. I love buying gifts. I love seeing people smile. I love the joy. But I don't like spending all this money. And I mean, I do it for the gifts. But like, it's so tough because I feel like the list is just, I mean, it is. It's just going to get bigger and bigger bigger as I get to know more people that I care for and that I and I love and that, you know I have friends that I want to get stuff for and so I do not like people are like I'm adulting I just bought two thousand dollars in gifts I'm like you're a dummy chill out get them all gift cards they're gonna be all right that's what I learned like if a kid or a person does like I don't know what I want you say where's your favorite place to go to and just give them a gift card to that place because then they can shop for themselves but you gave them the money that's fine. Or cash is good too. My address is, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but like cash is a good gift as well. But I like this whole, like I'm adulting. Like, no, you're, you're not adulting. It's, it's not. The only, th- the other thing about adulting that to me is a drawback is as I talk about adulting, it's like, I'm 20. So like people like view me as an adult, but I'm still too young. You know what I mean? Like, especially in the church. And I'll talk about that in ministry anxiety, but like in the church, like, or just in faith or just in my walk, just in life, like I'm an adult, right? So like, I'm an adult leader. I do adult things. Like I'm called an adult. People view me as an adult, but I'm still 20. So I'm still the kid. I'm still young. I'm still the the kid in the room. So like, to me, I'm like, yo, why are y'all doing me like this? Like, I, I, <laughs> like, I'm 20, yes, but I'm adulting. I'm I'm paying bills. Like nothing about adulting is glorious. Okay, cool. You're paying bills. All right, you have less money in your bank account. Like, you know, like I'm paying taxes. All right, cool. Like all of these things that we talk about that is adulting is usually you spending money that you earned. So that's me on adulting. And I think that adulting is an absolute myth. It's that's why I put um air quotes around it in the graphic that I made. Like adulting and it's not true and I don't think anything about it is positive but you know some things are cool about it like buying a house which I haven't done getting engaged which I'm not engaged right now and like all of these things that we talk about like some of these things are really cool 
but you kind of got to wait. You kind of got to, you know, you wait, just wait down the road as, as you get older. Like I am 20, so I'm waiting to get older to do more of these adulting things, which you guys will see. And, and like, but right now I'm just like, I'm 20. I'm doing some adulting things. I was kind of forced into adulting earlier than someone should be forced into adulting, but that's just how life is. That's just how life is. So yeah, guys, that is adulting. So right now what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and listen to an ad, and then we'll be back with Ministry Anxiety. Thank you, guys. Lead well, young leader. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. But today we're going to talk about Ministry Anxiety. Again, thanks for checking out that ad, and uh, thanks for checking out that break. But yeah, I I don't really know where I want to go with this topic. Like, I have notes here, but I just want to talk about the idea of like the anxiety, the, the feeling that we can feel in ministry, right? I've been in ministry for, I mean, I've been a kid in ministry since I was a sixth grader and I've been in ministry, like leading in ministry for about four, four or five years. And so in some type of capacity leading, whether it's student leader, helping out, like that's how I've been leading it. And I've been like working in ministry for three years now. And to me, the most interesting the most interesting thing about ministry is in this age of social media we can compare ourselves to other people's ministry which i believe creates anxiety when we get around other ministers and other pastors and other people in the room what do i mean by that i'm just thinking about like social media we can check out and we can see pictures right we can look at groups and trust me pastors know I know, young life people know how to take the picture so the room looks bigger. And they'll put that on social media and say, man, look what God is doing. And I'm not saying like, don't do those things because if God is doing something in your ministry, God is doing something in your church, you have the absolute full right to share about that. That, that, is, that is your right. Like that is your God. Like God, like you get to share about the God, things that God is doing in your life. The King of Kings is doing in your life especially in your ministry. But I'm saying as a person that is receiving and looking, we can't say, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. Well, because I don't think God, and I know that Jesus didn't make us individuals so that we could be like somebody else. God made us individuals so that he could use us to get different parts of the world, different parts of youth, different parts of whoever, and bring them to the church. There's a person down the road that can do ministry better than me, faster than me, cooler than me, but I can do it in different ways that they can, and we both work together to bring the message of the kingdom. But I still compare. See, something that we need to know and something that we hear often, and what I like to go by is comparison kills calling. No, comparison doesn't just like like hide your calling. I believe comparison can kill you're calling. Why? Because you start taking somebody else's calling. You take theirs and you say, well, I'm going to be them. I'm going to take what they have. I'm going to do what they do. But God is sitting here saying, no, do what I have called you to do. Do the work I have said, do. Father, you know, son or daughter. But so often, we compare, 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 compare. And God has not made us to compare ourselves to another unless it is to him. 
But don't if, don't compare yourself to perfection. Know that you are placed in perfection. Comparison will kill your calling quick, so fast. But so often we don't we we want we want what other people have. And we don't want it because it will bring people to the kingdom. We want it because it will bring people to us. Why is this true? Because I've had conversations with pastors, conversations with my youth leaders, and they've said this. I've wanted what they wanted, and it killed me from the inside out. It made me less, it made me less able to share the gospel. It almost made me unable to share the gospel. Why? Because I was speaking from the perspective, the call of somebody else. But we can't speak from that perspective. We can't speak from that idea. We can't speak from this the way that we speak. We can't. We have to share our gospel. We have to share the gospel that we have taught. We have to share it to the kids that we have. Not the kids that somebody else has. But the kids that we have, the kids that we know, excuse my clicking, I'm going back to my notes. Don't let people who are doing good, right? And this sounds backwards, but don't let people who are actually doing good work steal your joy because it doesn't make sense. We let people who are doing God's call, doing God's work, steal our joy. (laughs) That's what we let happen. We let people who are doing God's work steal our joy. Isn't that backwards though? Like we shouldn't let anybody, right? It says, don't let anything steal your joy. The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy your joy. Don't let good people steal your joy. But that's what we let happen when we fall into the ministry of anxiety. We fall into the ministry of anxiety. And we can't, we can't fall into that ministry. We can't fall into that that anxious part. We can't fall into that idea. Why? Because God has called us to so much more. God has called us to the ministry of reconciliation. But if we have the ministry of comparison, then what we're going to do is we're going to constantly compare and not reconcile, not come together as one body, but we're going to be a bunch of different bodies that want to be like the other body, but God, but we forget that God has actually called us to be one body. Isn't that crazy? Sorry, when I get in a row, I'll start speaking quick. Things start going. It is insane that we as believers are called to be the ministry of reconciliation and also called to be one body, but we compare ourselves to other people who are in the body, forgetting the mere fact, the absolute fact that God has called us to be in one body. That blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. We are called, we are called to the ministry of the ministry of reconciliation, not of, not of anxiety, not not anxious, not being anxious. Next, I want to talk about like my age, right? Like age, like you, young leader, lead well, young leader. Be you, be young, right? I was riding here. Actually, I was riding here to record this. I'm recording this the night of, and I was thinking, I was like, man, should I make a podcast? 
I was like, how many people do you think that hear this podcast, hear me and go, man, he's too young. What is, he doesn't know what he's talking about. How many people think say that? It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> because I, God spoke to me and said, share what you have. So I did it. God didn't say do it when you're 25. God didn't say do it when you have a bachelor's degree. God didn't say do it when you have this degree. Except I got my associates. <laughs> God said do it now. If God called me to speak to a pastor or a church, when I'm 17, people would look at me cross-eyed. But what if I said, yo, God said it? Because God, what he does a lot of times is he'll send you, but he will send you where you have no clue where you're going. And you'll be like, yo, God. Um, so where am I going? And he'll go, oh, um, I know, but you don't find it. Have faith. Trust in me. But don't compare. Don't compare your direction because you don't, you don't know your direction just like the other person doesn't know the direction. Don't compare. But yo, no, this is going to be a good, good, good life. A good, good, good walk. Don't, 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 don't let your age also give you anxiety because it happens to me. I'm 20. I'll be in a room, a bunch of 40, 30, 30, 40 somethings, 25 somethings. And I'll go, yup, I'm disqualified. Look at this room. He, she got a degree. He got a degree. She got a doctorate. She's got a master. She, he, the man that made me feel accepted in my age was a man named Tyler Soley. He invited me to this leadership cadre, and I was the youngest person by probably four or five years, three, three, four or five years. And I never felt that I was young. Like, I knew I was the youngest, but I never felt that I was the youngest. He treated me as equal. He, he saw that I had great things to say, and he listened to me, corrected me when I needed to be corrected, but saw that I had great things to say. And he, and he listened and he heard me. And to me, that was the best thing ever. That was truly the best thing. He saw that I had great things to share, great things to speak. Also, I want to finish with this. One is enough. What does that mean? One is enough. One person, one mission, one gospel, one God, that's enough. It didn't take three Jesuses to die for us. It didn't take three gods to make the earth. It took one. So listen, one kid, that's enough. My ministry's not big and that's enough. Don't get anxiety because you feel like you're not bearing fruit. Be faithful to what God has given you now. Be faithful to it. Why? Because I believe he gives more. He gives more to those who are faithful. But if he just if he just kept giving a bunch of people a bunch of stuff and a bunch of a bunch of young people that weren't ready hormonal had no idea wanted to fight wanted to cuss at you wanted to yell at you people would not feel equipped why because they weren't faithful to little so how could they be faithful to much but God trusts us with much isn't that so backwards God trusts us with much but be faithful to little anxiety. Is a true, you know, it's a mental health problem. But I, I don't even like saying the world problem. I think God has truly called us to fall in love with him. He has. He has called us to fall in love with him. And as we fall in love with him, and as we fall in love with him, 
may you fall in love with him as well. May you truly fall in love with who Jesus is. As you move away from the ministry of anxiety, but moved for the ministry of reconciliation and the ministry of one body. No ministry. We're practicing the ministry of one body. Where we don't compare ourselves to another body, right? It says, you know, the foot doesn't look at the hand and go, hey, I want to be a hand. No, I'm, I'm a foot. I'm going to be a foot and I'm okay with being a foot. That, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be the big toe. No, I ain't trying to be the pinky toe. God called me to be the big toe. And the pinky toe goes, hey, I ain't trying to be the big toe. I'm going to be the pinky toe. Be cool with being the pinky toe. That, that's my quote. Be cool with being the pinky toe. That's good word right there. Be okay. Be okay with the idea that you might be a pinky toe. <laughs> right? But walk in that. Walk in that. Because comparison, again, comparison will kill, will kill, 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 kill your calling. And it won't be because God will go, oh, they're comparing, canceled out. It'll, it'll, it'll literally be internally, we will start canceling ourselves out and we'll say, well, I have an idea of what, no, that's, that's not what they would do. Oh, God's stirring something in my heart, but no, that's not what God would do in their lives. No, because we keep on thinking and acting from another person's perspective and not God's. God has a different mission for all of us. Some of us might be called to the same field, which is you know ministry, but doing it the way we the way the way we share it the way we the way we do it do ministry is going to be different across across the board. Truly, truly, across the board. So I believe, I believe that if we can move to a ministry of one body, a ministry of reconciliation, that we can move away from the ministry of anxiety where we feel just awkward around people, like we have to judge ourselves or we have to dress a certain way. Be, be. You be who God has called you to be. Be the ministry of one body. Didn't even have that one body part planned, but I love that. Be the ministry of one body. Well, hey guys, thanks for checking out the podcast episode. Uh, I'm so grateful again, so grateful for the support that you've given, the listens, the plays. Again, every play supports me. It truly does. It supports me. And a big shout out to Witness for letting me use his song, Move. That's W-I-T-N-E-Z. He's a great rapper, a great guy. And again, thanks for letting me use your song, bro. Um, shout out to Anchor. They have a great, great podcasting platform. Also, yeah, go ahead and check out Flipboard. And I just want to thank you so, so, so much for, for supporting me. It, it means the world. For my friends, for people across the world, whatever, wherever you're listening, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next week on episode 17 with a special guest. Peace. Hey, you better. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. I'm going out like an animal. I eat the beat like it's edible. I feel like Mr. Incredible. Been about God from the start. You cannot tear us apart. You call this worldly music, yo. I call it heavenly art. Hey, hey. Oh, yeah. I got the juice. You better move. Hey, you better move. You better get out the way.